Oh my God. That's literally what the inside of my head sounds like right now. It's like, oh my God. I should have came to that Monday to the leader's development. I should have, I should have, I should have. But then uh, John asked me to be here and uh, not play piano, play piano, but then do some more stuff. Uh, I'm excited and nervous and uh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited though, I'm excited. We were just talking about it beforehand. Uh, we're talking about, uh, uh, right before we started, everybody was asking me if I was nervous and yeah, I'm totally nervous. I'm extremely nervous, but sometimes in life you gotta do stuff scared. You gotta do stuff. And, and you got to do stuff. It, it's going to happen you know, no matter what. And Carl said um, earlier, he's like, I mean, you could just go home. And I was like, You're, you know what? I never thought about that possibility. But, um, but I'm here, guys. I'm here. We, we're, we're here. The step is made. We're here. I'm here. And uh, this is exactly how I thought it would feel. Terrifying. Just kidding. Uh, no, but uh, honestly, I'm, I'm honored to be here. And uh, I'm honored to, to just be able to to spend uh, this time with you guys other than just playing piano and uh, and leading worship and everything but I hope that uh, that God speaks to all of us tonight through a word that that I really feel like he wants to um, really pour out over us tonight and um, let's just open up with some prayer God we love you God God you're more deserving than than we could ever imagine God your glory goes beyond measure, God. I can't count the blessings that you've given, God. God, help us hear you. Let that be somebody's prayer here tonight, God. Help us hear you. Help us listen, God. God, I want to hear you tonight. Speak to me. Can someone lift their hand? Can we lift our hand, one hand, and just say, speak to me tonight, God. Speak to me, God. Thank you, Father God. Let this word be from you and to you, God. We love you. In your name we pray, amen. amen. So our, uh, tonight, our sermon together is going to be called Trust. If you guys want to take notes uh, and you have better handwriting than myself, go for it. So trust, 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 trust it, trust it, trust it, trust the process. If you're uh, any 76ers fans, you can leave now. Um... I just became a Lakers fan. Any other Lakers fan that just, <laughs> hey, I, 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 call me a bandwagon, but I'm driving the bandwagon. I'm driving it. I'm driving it. Chugga, chugga, choo, choo, baby. Dude, I bought my LeBron shirt. I actually know a hat because the shirts are a little expensive and, and Willie doesn't work at Nike anymore. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but in all honesty, we're talking about trust. We're talking about trust. We're talking about trust. And uh, I want to start off, we could open up our Bibles um, to Job chapter 1. Job, yeah, we're talking about, it's not Job, it's the one that says Job, but it's actually Job without an E. Uh, so once you're there, um, we'll get there, we'll get it done. And if you're not there, uh, let's catch up, let's do it. Um, all right, I'm going to just start reading so, we, so we're good on time. Okay, so uh, there was a man in the land of Uz, um, whose name was Job. And the man was blameless, upright, fearing God and turning away from evil. Seven sons and three daughters were born to him. His possessions also were uh, 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and very many servants. And that man was the greatest of all the men of the East. I'm going to stop there really quick and just um, say that Job took this moment to flex. 
he he's totally like this dude is powerful this dude has mad money like i don't even know because because back in the day I don't know what you would do with 7,000 7, sheep now, but I would, one, call you weird, two, because you're here in Kissimmee. If you live in St. Cloud, I might give you a benefit of the doubt. Um, but uh, just kidding. No, but seriously. Uh, <laughs> 7,000 sheep, I mean, that's, that's, um, that, that's, a, that's a hassle in itself. I, I, but in that time, that's what they used to, to trade. That means that you had guap, like you had money. You had, like, you had a lot of money. And 3,000 camels, I mean, that's... that's uh, ridiculous and uh, like he had a farm he was old mcdonald on crack like 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 no seriously it got to the point that like i, I was reading this and i'm like dude he this guy took this time to really flex and he opened up talking about there was a man in the land of and then he had all these like 15 like and counting kids like like he should be on a show on tlc or something and like dude i like i have nephews and nieces and i can't almost deal with them i can only imagine having seven sons and three daughters that's insane uh so that i'm gonna skip uh the next couple lines because he just keeps flexing so i'm gonna jump to six and uh he says and it says now there was a day when the sons of uh, uh of god came to present themselves before the lord and satan also came among them the lord said to satan from where do you come? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, from roaming about the earth and walking around it. The Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? For there is no one like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. Then Satan answered and, uh, and turning, uh, turning away from evil. There you go. This is high school flashback right now, guys. Sorry. You're reading in front of a class. Um, then uh, Satan answered the, the Lord. Uh, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him and his house and all that he, he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But put forth your hand now and touch all that he has and he will surely curse you to your face. Then the Lord said to Satan, behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not put forth your hand on him. So Satan departed from the presence of the Lord. So God is allowing Satan, he's giving him free ticket to go wreak havoc in, in, in Job's life right now. And I, and I had, when, when I was first reading it a while ago, when I was younger, I, I, I was like, man, how could God allow, how, why is God letting him do this? And I believe that we got to remember that. Remember that right now, that God allows him to do it. That, that Satan needed permission to touch you from God. And, and just, just remember that in the back of your mind. Keep that in the, mind, in the back of your mind, knowing that God allows these things to happen, some things to happen to you. So um, he's basically claiming that, that no matter what, that he only loves God so much because he's blessed him because everything's going right. That's it. And, and I don't know, sometimes we walk that life. If we're going to be 100% honest, transparent, sometimes we, it, when, when the good is good, and then it starts getting bad is when we start flipping the script on God. And we're like, man, we're, we're so quick to blame God, but we don't give him glory when the things are going good. So, so we, 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 can't, we can't live that, that, that line lifestyle. That, that's, that's such a fine line to live on. Um, so all those things that we talked about that he was flexing on, they were taken away. Every single one, his house burned down. These guys came in and they killed all his cattle. It, it, was, it was just disaster for his whole life everything was burned down his servants were killed everything was gone but he still didn't curse God 
Everything was gone. Every last bit of what he owned was gone. Man, if I lost my phone, <laughs> if I lost my phone and my phone is right there and I know where it is and it's playing that sound right now, if someone touches my phone, I might have to kill you. I'm just kidding. No, but I, if I lost my phone, in all honesty, if you lose your phone, you start freaking out. Like in the middle of the night, like you wake up and you forget that you didn't plug in your phone to the charger. And then like you're on, you forgot that you're laying on top of it or something. And then you have that mini heart attack. We hold on to these possessions and we're like, oh my God, what? And then you didn't even notice that it's under you. And it's like, oh my gosh. And then that mini heart, anyone ever gone through that? I know I have. And I went through it like yesterday. Uh, I woke up with 4%, uh, but uh, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, that's the life we live. Sorry, guys. Um, but, uh, but no, in all honesty, we look at our possessions and we get so attached to them that it could be the end of our world. Like we feel like that minute, that moment that we know where it's supposed to be, we know that my phone is supposed to be on this nightstand plugged in. The moment it's gone, I'm, re I'm like, where is it? It's two o'clock in the morning and I have the most energy in that one second to go do something because I feel like I'm so attached to it that if I lose it, I don't know what I would do. I don't know where I would be. I, every, all my work is on it. All this, on all that happens in a split second, man, but even if I lost my phone, in reality, I'm not gonna die. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna die. So don't let the physical things in this life and the everyday come up that we go through. Like that means that like when you're posting that you're working, the workflow's hard and stuff. And it's like, 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 I know I see a couple of y'all flexing on, on Instagram. You're like, you know what, payday, you know what I'm saying? Stacking monopoly. I'm just kidding. No, if you're blessed, you're blessed for real. Like, don't like I'm joking around, but if you're blessed, stay blessed, but don't be upset when it's gone. Don't get upset when it's gone because the God that provided that day, he could do it again. And I believe that. But your heart has to remain the same. Your heart has to remain the same the minute that you got it and the minute that you don't got it. So don't let the physical things in the everyday come up be your downfall. Don't let your come up be your downfall. All those things are replenishable. Everything can be gained back, all those physical things. And Job understood that. Job understood it. And then I don't, I, well, I'm not going to go back into reading it, but I want to let you know that right after that, Satan went back into the presence of the Lord and told him and, and literally tried to prove him wrong again and, and said, he came to him, he said, well, this time I know you were protecting all this stuff and you let me have all this stuff. Yeah, I know he gave you glory, but if I touch his life, like you told me not to, I bet you he won't give you glory. I bet he won't give you what what all the glory you deserve that you he, he won't he'll he'll spit in your face. He'll laugh at your face. God once again allowed him to touch his life. He allowed Satan to come in and bring sickness into his life. He allowed these things to happen but under one condition that his life remained untouched. So he gets to keep his life even though he's on the edge of dying. So at the, I, I want you to know that even if, if you feel like you're at the edge of dying, like you feel like you're about to break, that, that it's coming to an end. I promise you, you're, it's coming to an end. The hurt that you've been feeling is coming to an end because God said under one condition, don't touch their life. Their life is mine. His life is mine. 
So to Job, Job began getting these boils, some sores on his feet, some crusty, dusty feet, nasty. There's one thing you got to learn about me is if you walk in here barefoot, I'm sending you back out because that's gross. I don't like feet, all right? <laughs> I don't like feet. I, I'm like like a shoebie. I wear like socks to the beach. Like I don't like that stuff. Just kidding. I don't do it. No. Um, that, that's If you do that. We're praying for you. Um, but anyways, don't don't come in here and be like, yo, did you see this? Like, it's like, and then I don't want to see your feet. I don't. Anyways, uh, so so he started getting these boils. He started getting these sores all over his feet, all over his body. He was scratching himself on anything that he could find, and it's ripping his skin. I'm sorry for the graphicness. If you watch Dr. Pimple Popper like my wife does, then I know I can get a little graphic in here. But I'm just saying... It gets a little graphic and, and, and he's scratching his back until he's bleeding because he, he would rather die than go through this because there's so many sores on his body. There's all these things he's bleeding uh, and, and we get mad at a simple headache at God. So he's going through this and we get upset. We're like, man, God, I got a headache today, man. I got this stomachache. I should have. And we're blaming God for the alehouse we, we ate at two in the morning. Like, like, and we, and we laugh about it, but it's true. Like, it's like, we sit there, we're like, God, please, God, please, Lord. I promise you I'll never do it again. Like, it's a sin to eat at two in the morning in your house. But, I mean, you got to know your limits, you know what I'm saying? But don't blame God for, for what's going on inside your body if you're the one causing it. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, and, and, and these things are happening to Job and everything. So, like, he's getting... Even through, through all these things that are happening to him and us getting upset at simple little headaches and all these things, he didn't curse God. Not once. Even his wife told him that he should curse God. He's like, what are you doing? Why are you still serving this God if he's allowing this to happen to you? And he believed. His faith was so strong that he believed that God had it all in control. And he does. He has it in control every time. That means that there's going to be people close to you even your friends, in this case, it's his wife, that are going to push your faith. How deep is your faith going to go? How, and, and that's his wife, the dude's wife. I would be like, yo, come on, man. You, you know better. You know better. I'm just kidding. Uh, but um, Job still didn't curse God until it got worse. When he passed the point of, of I can't do this anymore. And that's maybe somebody in here today that we've gotten past it. It's like, I'm over this, God. I'm over it. I'm over this, that you're allowing me to be sick. I'm, I'm over this, that you're allowing cancer to happen to my family member. I'm allowing this, that, that you're allowing this to, that I broke my foot. I broke, I broke my, my nail. <laughs> That's how dramatic some of us are. Um, but, but no, in, in all honesty, it's like, he, he didn't curse God until it got worse. And even then, he was barely, he, he was more cursing the day that he was born. That's how bad he was in pain. And all of this led him to an isolation that was physical and mental. It led him to an isolation that he, his friends didn't even want to be around him because, because of how he was just living his life. That's some people that, that, that are just so hard to be around because they're like, yeah. Uh, and it's like, man, you got a new car. It's like, yeah, but it's not the one I wanted. Oh, it's like, oh man, you got your bully. He's like, yeah, but they didn't put enough cheese. It's like, what, like, it's like, it's like, seriously, like, no, like, like we, we, we have these lives that it's like, man, it's, it's so hard to live. Like, I, I try to make, I try to make it, make it light, but, but in, in all honesty, he, he cursed the, the day that he was born. Um, 
he would have he would have much rather died than go through all this pain and he still didn't understand what was going on he didn't understand that he served god why are they all these bad things happening to me and maybe that's you today. You're asking God, like, why are all these bad things happening to me? I serve you. I'm here Tuesday. I'm here Sunday. I'm here Wednesday. Like, whenever day I'm here, God, I'm serving you, God. And Job, all his life, he served God. And he gave all the glory to God every single time. And he still didn't understand. And guess what? We sometimes are not going to understand what God does because God works in a level of wisdom that we'll never understand. We'll never be able to achieve it. That's when faith comes in. That's when faith comes in because we don't have to understand our circumstances to know that God has got it all. He's got it all planned out. He's got it all planned out. Job had no idea. So all this is going on, but Job had no idea that the conversation between God and Satan had happened. So in, in, in reality, God was not testing Job's faith. He was trusting it. So that's my main point for tonight. My main point is God isn't trust, is, is, not, is not testing you. He's not testing us. He's trusting us. He's trusting us with what we go through. He's trusting us with the faith. He's trusting us with hope. He's trusting you with that addiction that you got because he knows that you're going to get out of it. He's trusting you with that hope because he knows that you're going to have higher hope than the people around you. He's going to, and, and it's going to grow from there. He's trusting you with that faith and healing. I believe it. He trusts that he, uh, that, uh, he, that we will come out of the other side, not by our own strength, but by the strength of the Holy Spirit that lives in us. So what are you going to do with the faith inside of you? And what are the limits to your faith? What's your breaking point? What's the point that says, I can't do this anymore, God? I can't, I can't, I can't do this anymore. If, if you send me one more of these plagues, I, I can't, I can't live, to, I can't live like this, God. What are the limits of your faith? I want to paraphrase some stuff that, that another uh, story in the Bible um, about these three Jewish boys. Uh, and it starts with uh, King Nebuchadnezzar. What a great name. I bet he was upset that his uh, parents called him uh, Nebuchadnezzar. I know that uh, if I named my son uh, Nebuchadnezzar, he would probably punch me in the mouth at 18 for trying to spell it in kindergarten. <laughs> He'd hold that, that pain in. He's like, you have no idea. <laughs> I think Siri actually helped me uh, with the spelling, and she got it wrong. Uh, also, so Nebuchadnezzar is the king of Babylon. He's the king of Babylon, and this is a long time ago. And um, I'm paraphrasing. Uh, he created a statue of gold to worship, and he told all of Babylon, if he if they don't worship this statue, then they're going to die. They're gonna they're gonna die because he's gonna send them to a burning burning furnace or a, or a, a kiln. Uh, kiln is a word. It is a word. If you play words with friends, still, it is a six point word. Um, <laughs> Uh, so go ahead, pull out your phones and play Words with Friends and put in Kiln. I promise you, you get six points. Um, uh, <laughs> so he made the statue of gold. He made the statue of gold, and, and that's their God that he, the king of, of Babylon, is telling them every time that you hear the guitar play, every time that you hear the lyre play or the harp play, you need to bow down and worship this statue of gold. There's a common misconception about our God is that um, 
some people see him as valuable as gold. Like, and, and, and mentally, that, that's valuable. That gold is very, very valuable. But I want to let you know today, if you don't know, my God's priceless. He goes beyond the price of gold. My God is priceless and free at the same time. Your God, if you want to write that down, please, if you leave with something, write that down, knowing that the God you serve is priceless. That means he can't be bought because he's free. Free for all, as long as you believe that. And, and I just want to, I, I, I really want to put that out there. Um, so everyone, uh, everyone in Babylon went by this rule because he, they didn't want to die uh, in, a, in a kiln, six, six point word. We're just going to call it a furnace. Uh, if you didn't get killed, sorry. Um, but we're going to call it a furnace. So everyone, uh, everyone in, in Babylon was bowing down, except for these three Jewish boys with some weird names also, uh, Shadak, Meshach, and Abednego, Meshach and Abednego. Yeah, uh, the Bible. Um, so we're going to call them the three Jewish boys. We're going to call them the, the, the three Jewish boys. Uh, and, um, and, and so, yeah, um, if you need that again, you just let me know later on. I'll let you know. Um, so they did not want to bow down at any cost, at any cost. And when the king found out, he was upset, and he actually ordered those boys to be brought in to, uh, to, to the kingdom. And actually, he wanted to speak to them about uh, the whole situation. So when the king found out about the boys, they, uh, they were ordered to do so or die. The boys said uh, they, didn't, they didn't need to defend themselves against the likes of this king. Sometimes we get caught up in fighting battles that aren't even ours. We get caught up in fighting these battles that, it's like, what are you, I'm not worried about you, man. I'm, not, I'm good, man. I don't got to fight you. I don't got to fight you and you throwing me in the furnace. Do what you got to do, man. But I, some of us get caught up in fighting these battles that aren't ours to win. They're not ours to win. They said that God would protect them in the fire. And even if they died in the fire, they wouldn't bow down still. Even if God didn't save them from the fire like they believed that he would, he said, I, I know God's going to come get us. But I'm just saying, even if he doesn't, I'm still not bowing down. We got to start having that faith, guys. We got to have the faith of, man, I believe that, that, that such and such it will be healed. But even if he's not, glory to God. Even if he's not, I know it's in God's plan. We got to we gotta start having this faith that's bigger than the mustard seed. We can't stop at the mustard seed. Because if a mustard seed of faith can move mountains, imagine a mountain-sized faith. What could that move? Uh, and then uh, moving forward, the king sent them to the furnace to die. And he turned it up seven times hotter. He turned, it, he turned it up seven times hotter than usual. The soldiers walking them to the furnace died on the way there. They died on the way. They're about to get to the door, and they died from the heat outside of the furnace. That's how much heat is coming out of this, this kiln. <laughs> that being said, if some people went through the furnace that you're going through, if some people went through what you've been through, they would die on the way there to where you are. God's trusting you with your struggle, not someone else's. 
He's trusting you with the struggle because he knows that you're going to get through it. That means that he's giving the way that we look at it. Like we can't, we can't look at someone else's struggle and be like, oh, I can get through that like nothing. It's like, oh, 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 you smoke? Man, you could just put nicotine patches on. It's not that easy, guys. It's not. Oh, oh, you do. Oh, 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 you're an alcoholic. You could just stop drinking, stop buying it. People think that it stops there, but that's not your struggle. You don't understand the limits of that struggle. Just like maybe some of us have a spending issue and some of us might not have that issue, but it's your struggle. God has trusted you with your struggle, not someone else's. He's trusted you and given you the tools to get through yours. The boys were sent in the, uh, in, into, the, uh, into the kiln by the king, all three of them. But the king said that he saw four people. He saw in the flames the tied-up boys with a fourth person. The soldiers walking them de- there died on their way there. That means no one really asked them to go in. No one forced them to. They walked in. They walked into that furnace, all three, and the king saw four people in there. I want to let you know today that your furnace, where you're standing right now, God's standing in there with you. He's not watching from afar. God's not watching from heaven and saying, man, if I could just be there. Man, if I could just reach them, if I could just go that far, if I could just touch them, everything would change. No, 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 no. God, God isn't the God that, that loves from afar. He's the God that comes closer. He's the God that comes up close. He's in the fire with you. Whatever furnace you're in today, I believe that God's in there with you. Are you allowing him to be there with you? The boys came out the other side alive, not burnt. Not a single hair was singed off of, off of their, their, their head. They didn't even smell like smoke. They didn't even smell like they've been in fire. And guess what? They came in in chains, and those chains burnt off. That means in that furnace, the things that were holding them down, they burned. They burned off. So all three of the boys walk out. And they don't even smell like smoke. They don't even look like they walked through that furnace. That's why you got to talk about where you came from. Because when you come out of where you're at right now in that struggle, you're not going to smell like smoke. You're not going to look like you've been through something because that's how good God is. But you have to speak about it. You got to start telling people about the furnace you got through. What God got you through, we got to start talking about it because glory to God, I don't look like I've been there, but I've already been there, been there, done that. That's the God that we serve. So we got to talk about the things that, 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 that we've been through. Don't be ashamed of the testimony. Don't be ashamed that your testimony isn't, isn't this big, huge thing. If you walked in here for the first time and you had everything figured out, you thought you did, and you met Jesus, that's enough of a testimony for me, and that's enough of a testimony for God. Guess what? You're the same person that's getting into heaven, and you have the same spot next to the throne as the person that came in here with a heroin addiction. You got the same exact spot. 
No, no testimony is better than the other because we're celebrating each and every one. Someone here is going to make a decision tonight for eternity. I believe that. Whether it's one, whether it's five, whether it's 12, whether it's the seven that walked in here for the first time, welcome home. This is home. There's no physical evidence of the furnace you've been through, but we have to talk about it. This walk with Christ will lead you to furnaces. Furnaces that originally are there to kill you, to destroy you. And God just flips the script and uses that same furnace. Those flames are there to take your chains off. Those flames are there forming you. Those flames are there molding you and they're strengthening you. The same furnace in the story was used... uh, it's a crazy, crazy thing to, to know, but the same furnace was used um, for pottery. They used it for pottery. It's a little known fact, just letting you guys know. It's, it was made uh, for killing people and pottery. Um, so uh, just let it be known that you might die next to a nice vase. Um, but it was used for pottery because the amount of heat that's needed to, to transform clay into in into into a solid actual vase or whatever you want to make um it takes a lot of heat it takes about 1500 degrees fahrenheit um i found that out google is your friend google lay um uh, uh <laughs> yeah or ask alexa that's good i heard somebody say that um so uh to create pottery you got to start with clay you got to start with clay, and clay can be formed, it can be stretched, it can be torn, torn apart, different pieces. Is everybody, anyone like playing with Play-Doh? I love Play-Doh, man. I don't care who, what nobody says. I'll go to Dollar Tree. If you're looking for Play-Doh, go to Dollar Tree. Um, go home and go get some Play-Doh. Um, the transformation uh, from clay to pottery takes a kiln or a furnace to create due to the amount of heat. Um... I want to I just put this uh, verse up really quick. Uh, I'm almost done here. Uh, Isaiah 64, 8. Yet you, Lord, are our God. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. My biggest clay moment, when I, I know that I'm being formed each and every day, but my biggest clay moment when was when I found out that my dad was sick with cancer. My biggest clay moment was that because I believe, I I didn't know what was going on in that moment. I didn't know when I found out, it it blew my mind because I've seen it in movies, I've seen it in other people's lives and I'm like, man, I'm sorry sorry for that news. But when it's happening to you, it's not easy. It's never easy. But when it's happening to you, it's personal and, and, and it's real. And when we found out, my dad had stage four liver cancer. When we found out, we found out because he started losing weight really, really fast. He lost 150 pounds in, uh, in a month. Um, yeah, it was, it was definitely a moment that scared me at 19 years old. And, and, and I couldn't believe this was happening. And, and man, I had prophets tell me that my dad was going to be healed. I had prophets tell me and, and, and tell me and tell me. They're like, oh, I believe it. I believe that God is going to heal your father. I believe that, that, that there's going to be more years for your dad's life. 
And I believed it. I believed it. I believed it. I believed it. And in April, uh, my dad passed away of, the, of that same, of that, about a year later. And that was the biggest clay moment for me because I didn't know that during that time, God was molding me. I didn't know I could be, I, I, I didn't know how to be my dad. I didn't know how to be there for my mom the way that he was. I didn't know how to be a father, and I don't even have kids. I don't know how to run a household. I don't know what it's like to, I, if, I, if I was half the man that my dad was, I'd be happy. But I didn't know how to do that, and, and I didn't believe I could, but God trusted me with that position. When my dad passed away, that made me believe I could have gone and said, God, these people that you trust, they told me he would be healed. They told me, they promised that you said that he would be healed and he's dead. He's gone. God has the final word over everything. A prophet could tell you anything. and I believe it. I, I, and that, that's awesome. Thank you. And guess what? He's not wrong because when my dad passed away, so did cancer. I know that my dad was a believer and that he died to live. He died to live eternally. He's living a better life. He's living his best life. Seriously. In all honesty, it is not the easy, and, and I, I could talk about it now, but in all honesty, it was the hardest moment of my life to know that I'm never going to be able to see my dad again. Every Father's Day, I'm reminded. Every moment, I'm reminded. There's not a day that goes by that I wish I couldn't, I, like, I wish I could tell him how everything's going. Not a moment goes by that I don't think of that, but I also know that as clay, like God says I am, he's molding me. He's tearing me apart, but he's putting me back together to form me into what he wants me to be. So when we're asking God to make us into who he wants us to be, we can't be upset when he starts tearing things away. We can't be upset when he starts pulling pieces away that we're not going to need right now. We're not going to need, I thought my life was going to end when his did. And guess what? I've been living and I got married. I did the voice whole thing. I did all these things. And I thought my life was going to end the moment that his did. But God had a bigger plan from my loss that I thought I had. It's a victory for Christ. I believe it because that prophet told me that he would be healed and he's walking with God healed right now. So know that your faith you, you gotta, you, you, your faith has to have these limits that are unbreakable. But know that you're clay. You're being formed. Because God sees the vessels we can be while we're clay. He sees, he, don't, don't, don't get me wrong, the process is going to happen. The process is going to happen. The hurting is going to happen because it didn't say in the word that, they, it said that they came out with no burns, but it didn't say they didn't feel the heat. It didn't say it didn't hurt. It never said it didn't hurt. But they walked out the other side untouched. It never said it didn't hurt. Remember that the process is still there, but God sees the end when before the beginning starts. God, make me. Shape me and break me. 
Job is in the furnace during that time that we're talking about in process. Because God doesn't choose us when we're ready for him. He chooses us because we aren't. He isn't looking for perfection. If he was, he wouldn't have made me. He's looking for a relationship with you. And it starts today. If God made us out of the dust, why do you think he's worried about your dirt? He's not. Your addiction doesn't phase him. Your fear doesn't phase him. He works in a wisdom beyond. If he's made you out of dust, he literally scooped you out of dust. He knows you're going to be a little dirty. But you got to be allowed, you got to allow him. Like he allowed these things to happen to Job. God allows us to be a little dirty because we got to come to the, the potter. The clay needs a potter. The clay needs a potter to form him, to shape him. Because you're perfectly imperfect for him. I love you guys. Thank you so much. I want to end with this video really quick. Um, just, I really want to pray for you guys. And thank you guys. Thank you all. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Um, I just um, want to pray for you all. And, and um, right after this video, I'm going to have Pastor John come up and, um, and lead us in an altar call. I pray that tonight is the night that your life changes forever, that your testimony is starting to form and who you were is something that you're proud of because you're not who you're not that person anymore tonight that changes tonight that changes for your life and i believe that it starts right here right now when you understand that you're clay in his hands thank you father god lead us in this god open my heart open my heart right now god to know that you're here that you're ready because I'm not. God, if I was finished, I wouldn't need you. But God, I'm never finished. And neither are you. Make me, shape me, and break me. Well, this is... Uh Yet another prayer song, and sometimes I, I find it hard to pray, and maybe that's why I've written so many prayer songs, is because it's easier if you sing sometimes, and uh, God may find it more entertaining than if you just say it, too. Who knows? Except that I'm just not really all that sure that God is all that concerned about being entertained. I'm not sure, except what that's just a human thing sometimes you know you try to pray you try to impress God with all the right words and I just don't think it's an easy thing to impress God Almighty if you know what I mean is and here's the thing that I think we often forget is that we don't have to impress him because he's already knocked out about you he already loves you more than you can imagine. I remember reading a thing that Picasso once said. I, I like to read what 
famous artists have to say because I can barely, I'm barely able to look at their paintings without <laughs> going into a coma trying to figure out what it's about. <laughs> but he said this one thing that I really did like. He said uh, that uh, good taste was the enemy of great art, which I think is very, very true. Good taste has all to do with being cultured and being refined and if art has to do with anything, it has to be, do with being human. And one of the reasons I love the Bible is because the, the humans in the Bible are not very refined. They're uh, pretty goofy if you want to know the whole truth about it. And I remember when I was a kid and people would always say, uh, you know, because I was one of those typical depressed adolescent types. I wrote poetry and stuff. It's how morose I was as a kid. And people would go around saying, oh, cheer up, man, because God loves you. And I'd always say, big deal. God loves everybody. That don't make me special. That just proves that God ain't got no taste. And I don't think he does. Thank God. Because God takes the junk of our lives. And he makes the greatest art in the world out of it. And if he was cultured, if he was as civilized as most Christian people wish he was, he would be useless to Christianity. But God is a wild man. And uh, I hope that uh, in the course of your life you encounter him. But let me warn you, you need to hang on for dear life or let go for dear life. Maybe is better. And uh, this is a prayer for you, and you're welcome to sing it.